Here we go, They're seven seconds. Deep. Berkovici, he's just going to air it out deep downfield, and uh, no white shirts around. Oh, it's it's gone. 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 Gone for a touchdown. It doesn't get any better than What is up, guys, and welcome back to another episode of the Red Shirt Podcast. This is being recorded and uh, ultimately released in the middle of my big, long NFL season preview. So here's the necessary buffer. And by what, you know, what we're doing in this episode, we're going to talk about the trade deadline. We're recording this on July 22nd, so we have a little over a week until the deadline strikes. We know that there's going to be fireworks, maybe not to the tune of last year, where, you know, Juan Soto was obviously traded to the Padres, but we're definitely going to have some. So to join me to discuss this trade deadline, I have recurring guest Noah McGrubley. And Noah, how are you? I'm good. I'm so excited for the trade deadline. I can't even explain. Okay, let's get right into it then. Um, who do you think, who are going to be the biggest names moved? You can name a couple. And then I, if you feel like it, include where you think they'll land. Well, I'll name, I'll start with one and I'll, I'll go with, I, I'm sure we uh, both agree on this. I think everybody agrees on this. Uh, Lucas Giolito. I yep. think he's moved. I think I mean, when you think about the guys that realistically are going to be moved, he probably slots in as the best pitcher on the market right now. Now, if the Padres skid, then Blake Snell moves up to that. Or if there's a surprise rumor somewhere, then maybe a guy gets thrown out there. But I think Lucas Giolito is the, uh, I think, kind of the consensus, like, big name, you know, to be moved. And then uh, another guy, uh, I'll, I'll list two big names that I think are going to be moved up. Like, you know, right now, I think Justin Verlander, um, I think the Mets are kind of in a, in a financial spot right now where obviously Steve Cohen doesn't really quote unquote care about what he spends on the team. But I think trading Verlander would not only be good for Justin Verlander, but the Mets could get a 40 year old starting pitcher off their books. I'm sure they'd appreciate that. Maybe they could make play it like Giolito in the offseason. Uh, so I'll, I'll say Giolito and Verlander for now because I've got some names later on that I'd like to talk about. Is there a landing spot for either of them that you like? Um, not specifically. I mean, Giolito, the Dodgers, obviously talked about a lot. But I, I could see him honestly going to any AL or NL West team that's contending. Fair. Um, so I have a couple more. I, I have Giolito on my list. I like him to the Dodgers. I think that makes a lot of sense. Uh, and I think there's going to be more than one White Sox, quote-unquote ace, whatever, frontline guy that's moved. I think Dylan Cease is going to get moved. To me, if they're going to move him, this is the time to do it. You are going to get an absolute haul for him. Even though he hasn't had a fantastic start to the year, you know, to this 2023 season, it hasn't quite been up to standards. His last year, uh, we had a, an ERA just above two. Right now, it's closer to four. With that being said, he is under team control for several more years. Last year, we saw what we, he can do. He is to the point where there's good reason to believe he is a Cy Young caliber pitcher. If you're in a race, ultimately what teams need to think about when you're when you're contending, you're making the playoffs, you have a you got to have that stable of starters, and he is someone that you really want to have. I think Dylan Cease gets moved, and I think he'll get moved to one of the biggest surprise teams, uh, that being the Arizona Diamondbacks. They, 
They really could use another arm or two. You pair him with Zach Allen at the top of the the rotation. That's that's pretty scary. Uh, well, uh, and, go if ahead. you want to sit on Cisa, I, I I think I, I had him on my on my list uh, a little farther down for for a different segment we had planned. I think Dylan Cease is going to be traded to Houston Astros. I also agree he's going to be moved. And I don't necessarily understand why the White Sox would move him. But I do think they'll trade him. And I think uh, Houston could be a spot for him. Yeah, I mean, the way Chicago is going, I just... It'll be interesting to see. Because Giolito, I feel pretty confident, is going to be moved. Because he's a rental anyways so moving giolito doesn't necessarily say something about the direction of the franchise overall although after this season it feels like they're not trending in the right direction so then maybe they'll do something drastic and get rid of all these guys just depends some other guys that i like getting moved i like sorry Sorry. giolito said that he wants to stay in chicago so it's like okay well if you want to stay in chicago they could trade him and then he could sign back in the offseason yeah, I mean, yeah. I think Marcus Stroman gets moved, too. He hasn't been p- pitching as well as of late. He started off very, very well. His last several starts not the same. Granted, it's still an ERA around three. Very valuable. Again, another guy that I think would slot in for a contending team towards the back of their rotation in the playoff series. I like Marcus Stroman. To the I honestly, there's not a perfect fit that I love, but I have him to the Braves. I think the Braves definitely need some sort of starting pitching, and I I think they could be in on Giolito. I don't think they will make the package to get Cease, but Stroman and Giolito are two guys I could see in here. I kind of kind of went with with Stroman. Um, and then Cody Bellinger is a pretty obvious one to me that's going to be discussed. I think he will get moved. He. I definitely would expect to hit some of his numbers to go back down to earth. I don't think he's quite to the level that he's playing at right now where he's, he's been fantastic. I'm not, I'm not taking away from that. He's uh, OPS above 900. I think there are just certain reasons. I, I don't know if he'll sustain a 900 either way. I like him to the Astros. I think the Astros are a little bit of a weird fit because they have, it's not like they're shy on outfielder in terms of Chaz McCormick has been playing pretty well. Kyle Tucker has right field lockdown. For, and he can play first base too. Uh, Jose Abreu's really struggled, but still they have a financial commitment there. It feels like they could just use another bat and they could use a left-handed bat. Michael Brantley, not really sure what you're getting with him. Uh, and so I think it would make a lot of sense. Cody Bellinger to the Astros, and it wouldn't cost an incredible amount. That's a, that's a fit I like. So those are players we think are going to get moved. And then there are obviously a lot of guys that we're going to talk about that aren't going to be moved. So who are some notable names that, to you, Noah, are not going to be moved at this trade deadline? Um, well, Shohei Otani, um, because of Artie Moreno. But um, one guy kind of going against the grain is Cody Bellinger. I, I think the Cubs, honestly, in these next few days, could maybe even work out an extension with him. I think... I mean, I, 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 we don't know what any of these players think, but I think he likes it in Chicago. He's performing well in Chicago. He looks more like his MVP self in Chicago. I think the Cubs could say, you know what? We made a one-year gamble. It's worked out so far. Let's give him some more years. Let's keep Cody Bellinger as a Cub. Um, so, that's, I mean, it's kind of 
hard to say who's not going to be moved. So that's why I'm just saying Otani and Bellinger. But I'm sure there's more guys that could come to mind. I just I feel pretty strongly about those two. And obviously, I'm you know it's kind of a a shot in the dark with Bellinger. So yeah, I mean Otani, they can keep coming up with. And if a week or two ago you could slightly entertain the idea of Otani being traded, and I think I mean you're an Angels fan, it still would make some sense. But at this point, after they've won some games where they're standing and we really think about it, he's not hes not getting moved. You can come up with all these ludicrous trade packages uh, you know, to fill out your content schedule. He's not being traded. If he's traded, I mean, I don't know. I don't have that many listeners to hold me accountable. But if he gets traded, whatever. My bad. Shohei Otani is not being moved. The only way he's traded is if, like, they get a package that they literally can't say no to from the Rays or something. Like, they, it, it would have to be to the point where Perry Manassian would have to, like, tell Artie Moreno, like, dude, you cannot say no to this. There are three future big league stars in this deal. If you really want to splash the cash, you can try and sign it back in the winter. We have to do this trade. I just don't think anyone's giving them that offer. And I don't e- even if they did, who who's who's to say that Artie Moreno wants to do it? Yeah, I mean, that's the thing is there are a lot of factors. It's more than just trade player for these guys. Shohei Otani is unlike any other person. He is a one-man marketing tool for an entire team. He generates so much revenue himself. People, you know, you make fun of the Angels, whatever, Angels jokes. People watch for Shohei Otani. People don't might not care about baseball. They'll tune in to see what Shohei Otani is doing. So I think when you think of that from a marketing aspect, that's definitely how Artie Moreno thinks. You also don't want to be the team that trades the generational talent. And then it also goes on the other side. Any team would love to have Shohei, but you're only guaranteed a half year. So if you're going to fork over an insane package, you you want to have some sort of sense of confidence that he'll resign. So a lot of reasons why I don't think he'll be moved. After him, though, um, I'd go to my Padres. I don't think Blake Snell gets moved. I don't think Josh Hader gets moved. Some of that has to do with that they're trending in the right direction. They've won the last couple of days. They've been able to turn around the road trip a little bit since Philly. But I think it also speaks to the fact that the Padres aren't really going to sell either way, even if maybe they should, even if you know Blake Snell and Josh Hader are both rentals. They, I just have a hard time seeing AJ Preller actually choose to move when his job is obviously he's on the hot seat, and they have the talent to possibly make a run. So I don't, I don't see a world where they offload them. If either of them were to be available, I think they would probably become two of the best. I, I think they'd be the two best pieces on the market. I just don't think they ultimately get moved. And then Boy. the one. The one other okay, well, I've I had a, I had Tommy Pham on here, which was kind of entirely vibes. I don't really have great rationale on that, but the other one that I have is Jordan Montgomery, who there's you know there's not a ton of reason for him to stay as a Cardinal past July thirty first, but he is not going to fetch much of a return, and I think it would make sense for the Cardinals to keep him. I mean, you could go get your lottery prospect right now, or you can keep him, make the qualifying offer, which if he takes it, okay, that's not a bad, that's not an awful bargain. And if he doesn't, you're able to set yourself up to get a comp pick. I think that is better value for Jordan Montgomery. 
I think Jordan Montgomery will be a uh, a Baltimore Oriole on August 1st, and I think the Cardinals will get more than people think they will uh, if the Orioles trade for him because I think the Orioles are desperate for an arm. And, I mean, the Orioles are smart. They're not going to overpay, but they kind of they kind of have the luxury to give up maybe a little more than another team would. I uh, I just I, – I heard you talk about Jordan Montgomery, and I'm like, I want to put it on record. I think he's being traded to the Orioles. Noted. Um, can you hear my loud computer fan? I cannot. Okay, that's good. Uh, moving on. Okay, so those are names we notable names we don't think will be moved. What are some surprise names to be moved? And this doesn't mean you're like saying set in stone these guys are going to be moved, but guys that you think maybe aren't on all of these lists that could sneakily switch teams. Well, uh, I I would put the chances of him being traded at about 5%. But one guy that I truly think like possibly could be moved and it's not being talked about enough is Luisa rise because the Marlins are just, they're, you know, they're falling right now. They're in a free fall. And I don't necessarily have any reason to believe that's going to stop. And I just think it, Maybe a team like Arizona or something could, I mean, they kind of need pitching. I don't really need hitting, but somebody could offer like a top 50 prospect for him and and more in Miami would just be like, you know what, (laughs) let's do it. And another guy that I think could be moved is Jack Sawinski of the Pirates. Obviously he's a, he's a really controllable player, but you know, the Pirates, he's Sawinski is he hits the ball well, but his approach just isn't there. And I don't know if it will ever be there. So I think it could be a situation where the pirates feel like they're selling high on him and, and they could get genuine return back for Jackson Winsky. I mean, that, that's a good, that's a good major league baseball player. Yeah. I um, mean, certainly Jack Winsky wasn't a throw in for the San Diego Padres to acquire Adam Frazier ahead of the 2021 trade deadline, but yes, continue. Well, and see, that's, that's the other thing is I think some of these front offices, like look at these deals as like, you know what? Like you said, we got him as a throw-in. We can get genuine value for this guy. And honestly, he's just a platoon bat. He can't really hit lefties. So let's go get a top 100 prospect arm, right? And that's, you know, that's that's good business. That's that's good. So yeah, I'm just, you know, surprise names to be moved. I mean, I'm sure there'll be some, but you know, I, I want to live in fantasy land to be like, the Marlins will move our eyes. That would be really fun to see. I mean, I look, there, there's no losing on that one. You you acknowledge that it's probably not going to happen. You're chucking, chucking the Hail Mary full court shot. And if it hits, if it hits, I'm going to clip this and try to get it to go viral. I mean, and it's like, who's <laughs> talking about it? who's talking about Luis Rice being traded? Nobody, because it's madness to say he would be traded. <laughs> yeah. And that's that's what's kind of fun. It encapsulates what the deadline is. It's a lot of madness. I'm happy none of our surprise names overlapped. I have three. Starting off with someone who earlier in the season was kind of discussed about him possibly being moved, but not not necessarily discussions, more so just thinking about ahead of time. I'm talking about Jonathan India, who is having a, a decent season. He's hovering around a 100 WRC+. Plus. He's a productive player for the most part when he's able to stay on the field. I believe they have control through 2026, possibly 2027. But with the way that the Reds are building up, 
it feels like there's going to be an odd man out in that infield. I can tell you it's not going to be Ela de la Cruz. It's not going to be Christian Encarnacion Strand. You know, regard he he's going to find his way into the lineup. Matt McClain has been fantastic. And from there, it feels like it, and it's not like India is a premier defender. I think he could get squeezed. And if you're going to move him, you could get good value for him. Again, he, he might not make the rest of that infield, but he's a guy who won rookie of the year. He has good bat to ball skills. You're getting a about league average hitter at a position second base where where you're not going to get, you know, that that's not necessarily easy to come by. So there's not necessarily one specific team that comes to mind for India, but it would make a lot of sense, especially considering if they could get some sort of controllable pitcher, maybe not someone that's going to have a a huge impact right now, but the way that their team is structured, I think trading India would make a lot of sense, get a little bit of pitching in return. That's something I kind of like. I don't know how it would come to fruition, but if I was Nick Kroll, I would explore that. Call the Seattle Mariners. That's, yeah. <laughs> They've been that. a good trade partner of yours, you know, a, a team like that. I mean, because they they would take any bat they could right now, and they have. Well, India's so a perfect much. example because they're kind of second base. It's like Col- Colton Wong's been hilariously oh. bad. Jose Carrero is like not stopping you from making this trade. That actually make that makes a lot of sense. Think about that. I actually that makes a lot of sense considering they also have an abundance of of young pitching. That that's a really good you one. Could give the Reds like. You could give the Reds Woo and, and that's what I was gonna else. say. I I feel like a deal centered around Brian Wu is gonna Jonathan happen in India. Like I like what? that a lot. Yeah, that that's the thing about the trade deadline is it feels just like matching matching puzzle pieces. When you're trying to think of like kind of under the radar moves, you talk about it, and you're like, oh wow, that that makes all the sense in the world. Yeah, and then the next guy I have is an angel. It's Hunter Renfro, who. He has been traded many a times the last, what, it's been five five last years. He's been on five different teams. This year, he started off really hot with the Angels. He's kind of cooled off, been around a league average hitter. But the Angels, the way that they're trending towards Mickey Moniak breaking out as a guy that should be playing almost every day. Granted, he probably actually profiles more as a platoon with, I think they're going to try to give him almost every regular day playing time. Taylor Ward in left field. And then what's Mike Trout's timetable? He's probably a couple weeks. Um. Yeah, he said he, I think yesterday the word was he's going to start swinging a bat in like a week or two. Okay. So like when you're looking ultimately down the stretch of this season, even if whether the Angels think that they're if they get hot and they're trying to compete or not, I think it makes sense to to move Renfro to get whatever you can because he's he's a rental and he's been fine but not spectacular. But he has that power element to him. He's he's a nice guy to have towards the back of your lineup that can bring you some pop in in that clutch situation. So I I really don't see a reason not to move him. Considering you move, if you're moving him, you're replacing his spot with more young talent, like a Mickey Moniak, uh, possibly giving Joe Adele some more run. You know, AAA legend Joe Adele, and Trey Cabbage can play. Trey Cabbage, that's a good one. He's been up. So I I think it just makes too much sense for Renfro. Like there, there's 
haven't necessarily heard a lot about it, but it makes a lot of sense to to trade him. Well, and there's a lot of teams that are looking for righty power bats. And the and the thing about Renfro is honestly, it, it would probably be best for him too to be traded because the Angels aren't going to bench Mickey Moniak. The Angels aren't going to bench Taylor Ward. And when Mike Trout comes back, that's pretty self-explanatory. So does he really want to does he really want to sit on the bench for August and September? I don't really think so. I, I think it would make sense for him too to be moved. Yeah. And then my last one, and this is another one. Maybe it wouldn't be quite as shocking as a rise. And I want to let me pull up. I don't want to lie about his contract situation, his contract situation before I start talking about this. But uh, what about Tommy Edmond? Tommy Edmond has been a fantastic utility player since coming up with St. Louis. His bat has never been, you know, super great, fantastic above average, but he is able to play so many different positions as a plus defender, plus fielder, and you slot him in there towards the back of your lineup. He's not a he's not necessarily a liability. He's not again, not a fantastic hitter, but he gels in so well. He can fit with any team with his versatility, uh what he brings on the base paths. He's just a, your very prototypical utility player uh, that can really do it all, even though you're not you're not going to get a ton out of the power department. With that being said, and I think when you're looking at this Cardinals team, it feels like if they want to, they can really light stuff up and uh, and kind of burn it to the ground. And I don't I don't know if they will or they won't. But Edmund is controllable for, I believe, two more years after this. I think he's a free agent in 2026. I think that you could get a de- pretty decent return for Edmund. I mean, not not to the lengths of a seismic package, but that kind of player is coveted. You don't find guys with that sort of versatility. I believe he's hurt right now, but in general, he has been a model of consistency in terms of playing time. He... I'd like him. If if I'm a contender, I want him on my team. Am I going to spend very top capital on him? Maybe not. But I think it'd be smart if the if the Cardinals feel like they're trending in the wrong direction. They want to tear it down a little bit. They're not going to be all in for the next couple years. Trading Tommy Edmond would make a lot of sense to me. I think first call, like the Reds, would be uh, Jerry DePoto. Yeah, that uh, would, that yeah. I, I think the Mariners are like a perfect match for every team trying to unload a position player because they have all the arms. Yeah. Originally, when I was starting this, I was thinking, I was looking at someone like Teoscar Hernandez to be moved. I don't know if you're talking about him after, but then Kelnick, you know, kicked the water cooler and I was like, okay, probably not as likely. <laughs> but they're, they're weird team, weird team in Seattle. Regardless, so we just talked about surprising names to be possibly moved. How about just some under-the-radar trade targets? I'll start with one of the best relievers in baseball, uh, David Bednar. Um, I think he's under the radar because I just I don't really think like a lot of people think he could be moved, but I think the Pirates might be more inclined to move him than uh, thought by, the, by a lot of people. Um, but that's not very likely. But uh, Carlos Estevez, it starts feeling more likely with him. You know, obviously the Angels are trending upwards, but uh, you know, 
they, they, they lose a few games like that, they're right back out of contention. And he got out of Denver where he was a really good pitcher, but his stuff just didn't play as well. Now he's in Anaheim and looks like one of the more, uh, he looks like one of the better relievers in the game. Uh, so the Angels, they traded to Iglesias last year. And I think Manassian, if obviously this wouldn't be a salary dump, you'd actually get some return. I think he would possibly be inclined to take calls. They got the right package. I could see them moving Estevez. And then uh, one more reliever is the, Marin- uh, is the Mariners' Paul Seawald. You know, I'm, I'm kind of thinking relievers here because I think they'll be the hottest commodity at the trade deadline. Paul Seawald could probably get the Mariners a decent prospect bat. And honestly, they could move him even if they're in contention and be okay because they just have so many arms. You know, Andres Munoz, that could be your new closer. And remember, they traded Kendall Graveman. Uh, what was it? Two years ago. They, I mean, they're not. They're not. They're not scared to make moves that they think will make better. Yeah, my uh, clubhouse. Yeah, I'm. I'm with you. Some under the radar targets that I was looking at. I started off. I have one reliever here, and that's that's Justin Lawrence of the Colorado Rockies. He has appeared in – he made some run in 2021 and 2022, but he's already surpassed the most innings. He threw 42 last year. He's already threw 49 this year. And he's been really good at 287 ERA. He has done a really good job of limiting home runs with the way that he pitches. He's that sidewinder, which is so pivotal in Colorado. Um strikes out guys at a good rate he has a little bit of a walk issue which is kind of his main flaw but he's also under control for for many years and if you're not if some of those bigger name guys aren't available lawrence would be he wouldn't necessarily be cheap but i think he'd be a good kind i i think he fits this it's an under the radar guy not someone you're hearing about but that is productive that would fit well in the middle of a lot of bullpens and then, who do I have next? Uh, next, I have Drew Smiley. And this is kind of a weird one because there's not much to Smiley. He's a 34-year-old starter. He has somewhere around a 4-5 ERA this season. But he has been pretty durable. And through, I mean, we're approaching August, those dog days of summer. You're going to need innings. Innings are hard to come by as an entire team, you're going to need a lot more than just five guys in that rotation. And Drew Smiley, I think, slots in well as a guy that you pitch every fifth day. You're able to get, you know, five, six innings out of him, nothing spectacular. Maybe he doesn't have as much of a role in the playoffs if it's a postseason team. And there's not that you're necessarily thinking about Drew Smiley as a long-term thing, but he has, uh, I believe he signed through 2024, and it's not at a, I want to say it's somewhere around $8 million or so. So it's something where you have that upside to keep him. If he, if he ends up being really really good, if he ends up being fine, I think Drew Smiley just makes sense. I don't think the Cubs have a great reason to hold on to him. And then my other one is, and I, I really don't think he's going to be moved, but Andrew McCutcheon. I don't think he's going to be moved because I think I just think he's he's staying in Pittsburgh. I think he's happy as is. But Andrew McCutcheon it hasn't just been a feel-good story, him going back. He's been good. He 
you know, has been restricted to DH. We're not really seeing him play the field much these days. But he's been good, slashing 265, 376, 418. That's an OPS just under 800. He'd be a very valuable bat to a contending team. I don't think he gets moved, and I don't think he's someone that you're necessarily thinking of off the top of your head. But valuable player would be a nice asset for a team to acquire. Then what do we have next? Who do you think is going to be the best prospect or prospects traded? Okay, uh, I think that the Diamondbacks, I, I don't want to say the, the desperate, but I think they get an arm. I could see them moving Drew Jones, and I, I think it would kind of be weird to move Drew Jones at this point because his value is probably at the lowest it will be, assuming he balances back. And I don't really know how many teams will want to trade for a 19-year-old, obviously a 19-year-old who's had shoulder issues and has not proven himself whatsoever at the professional level. But if you are Chicago and your first offer for Dylan Cease is Drew Jones, you have to at least think about it. You're like, okay, well, that's interesting. And then from Arizona's perspective, I mean, you, I, I wouldn't say you're getting rid of him, but it's like – not our problem if, if this guy can't figure it out health-wise. And, uh, you know, I think they could package a guy like Brandon Fott with him. I think that's how you say his name. Uh, I really don't see it with him at the big league level right now. Uh, he, he's a pretty touted prospect, has not performed well in the big leagues. He's been so, bad in the big leagues. Yeah, he's, he's, he's been tough in the big leagues, but I think those two together could definitely intrigue a team to give up a – you know, like a, a good arm. Um, and then uh, Kyle Harrison of the San Francisco Giants. I mean, I, it feels like, and I think you'll agree with me, the prospects that that we're thinking of being moved, it feels like it all revolves around Dylan Cease. It feels like, it almost yes. feels like this trade market is kind of going to come down to like possibly Luis Robert and Dylan Cease and Lucas Giolito. I mean, I'd say the Chicago White Sox kind of control this trade market in a way. I, I feel like a lot of what they're going to do is going to determine how big or how boring this trade deadline is. Uh, so Kyle Harrison, I think uh, the Giants could be a little worried about his command issues. Guys got good stuff, but they'll say, you know, I want to get some big league talent for him, even though his potential will be high. And then the other guy, I think, I wouldn't call him a lock to be moved, but he's pretty close as Stephen Kerstad of the uh, Baltimore Orioles. I think trade chip for them uh, at this deadline. I'm sure they'll be extremely active, and they just have so many outfielders in that organization. I think Kerstad might be uh, the odd man out, so to say. Yeah, I mean, the Orioles are just oozing with just, I, I was going to say outfield, just in general, talent in their farm system. It feels like, I mean, there's not a specific name that comes to mind, but they have the assets. They could trade for almost anyone in the league they want. Oh yeah. 100%. It's, it's so deep. And I only what have about one Luis Robert? prospect. Oh, Luis. Absolutely. Luis Robert is I just... like, I don't, I don't think it happens, but I think they have the assets to pull it off. And I think that'd it be probably an awesome move. Chicago would ask for Holiday, and 
and they're not doing that. <laughs> they're not moving Holiday. That is the issue. I only have one prospect put down uh, as best traded because what you were saying about the White Sox kind of controlling the market, it really stems from there aren't a ton of controllable guys that are actively being shopped to a certain extent. You talk about Giolito, but he's a rental. Cody Bellinger, he's a rental. Stroman, I believe, has an option, but for all intents and purposes, rental. Uh, Jimer Candelario, I think he's a rental, which I didn't mention him. Him to the Phillies, love that. And then even the guys that we're talking about that we said we don't think are going to be moved, Otani, Snell, Hayter, Pham, Jordan Montgomery, all of those guys are rentals. Cease feels like the only guy with any sort of buzz that is a good to great player with control. And so with that being said, I liked him to Arizona. I went a step farther, and I think in this scenario, there would be more pieces going to the Diamondbacks. I don't think it would be a simple one-for-one. One. I think the Diamondbacks would want a little more to make it worth their while. But how about number five prospect in MLB Pipeline, Jordan Lawler, shortstop, currently at the AA level in Amarillo. How about him going to Chicago? This is it's kind of a bold one in general. I'm picking a top five and top ten even prospect to be traded. That's it's fairly bold. I think he is worth moving in this situation for a player such as Dylan Cease. Lawler's been good. He he's had success at every level. He has an 8.34 OPS right now in Amarillo. He comes close to that five tool. He has that speed. Good defender at shortstop power you know hopefully he'll come into it even more he's a good player there's a reason he's up there at five the way the diamondbacks are playing i think they can compete for like a world series in these next couple years and sure lawler could be up and you know soon ish but i think a big part of that is they're gonna need more pitching their pitching really uh falls off after the likes of gallon and that doesn't mean I don't know. I, I th- Trading Lawler is a gamble, but I think in that situation, they'll probably get a reliever and some other pieces back. Like I said, it wouldn't be a straight one-for-one. One. Maybe even a guy that I haven't mentioned. I don't know if you'll mention him after this. Feels like Tim Anderson's a lock to be moved. Probably not for anything, but kind of just a separate thought. I don't know. It, it's It's out there, and I understand why most might disagree with me, especially because the their system falls off a little bit after Lawler and Jones, especially because Fott's really struggled. I think it's it, if you have the opportunity to get Cease and get a couple of their other side pieces, I'd be okay with move, moving Jordan Lawler, and I think they would be okay moving Jordan Lawler because that means that they can, with Cease at the top of that rotation next to Gallon, they can compete for a World Series. Honestly, maybe not now, but they can they can be a viable playoff team. And then after an offseason, you get to invest even more. You can look at them as a real World Series contender. I mean, yeah. I don't, I don't yeah. know what you think, but. I think that. Uh, I, I just I don't think that they need Jordan. In their future plans, and I think they do need starting to in their future. Plans. So I, I agree with you. And. I'd say it, the Chicago White Sox traded Dylan Cease for Jordan Lawler. Um, I guess the way that I can put my opinion on Jordan Lawler is that would be the most White Sox move of all time. Yeah, right. you cut yeah. out for a second, and it's probably on. It's probably on my end. Um, but he, if if you couldn't understand that, he basically was saying 
that it would make sense make moving all would make sense he's not necessarily uh important for the Dimebacks future plans which I agree uh that's not to say that Lawler isn't a good player that could end up you know being a valuable big league piece but he's not that essential for where the Diamondbacks are right now be aggressive don't be a prospect hugger I say send it I mean Granted, the Diamondbacks are a divisional foe, so I, I don't wish success upon them. I think that's a trade that makes a lot of sense. And then lastly, and I guess we can, doesn't have to mean the end of our podcast, but last segment that I have written down, I want you to call your shot. You can have one, you can have ten, I mean, probably not ten. Give me a player you think is going to be moved and the team that you think he is going to. These are your... I don't want to call it locks, but in your, you feel really, really confident about these. I'm take it back. Locks. These are your locks. If you're wrong, you will be ridiculed by me. If I'm wrong, you can ridicule me. Heimer Candelario to the New York Yankees. I mm. feel really confident in that. Um, I don't necessarily think the Yankees are going to be ultra buyers, but uh, they're the Yankees and they're not going to sell. So they'll, they'll go get Candelario a rental, a good bat. Another guy I have is uh, Scott Barlow to the Angels. I think, obviously, I've, I've kind of given, given mixed signals this this podcast. I feel like I've, I've talked about a world where the Angels contend. I've talked about a world where the Angels sell. But ultimately, I think they'll go get Scott Barlow. I, I don't quote me on this. I think he has a few years of control, uh, as it feels like all relievers do. And I think the you know they they could there's not really much the Angels could overpay with in their system, but they could give Kansas City a guy like uh, Jeremiah Jackson, or they could give them Jordan Adams or something. And I feel like Kansas City would be happy with it. Barlow, they have you'll have them for this year and next. So yeah, I think the Angels will feel the need to get Barlow to because I mean if they got Scott Barlow, he'd kind of be a, a middle reliever for them. And I, I feel like that would be uh I guess he'd probably be a setup man, but but that that would be important for the Angels bullpen. And then in terms of other locks, I don't I don't know. I, I it's just so hard to pinpoint because I mean we've talked about we've talked about all these guys in this uh in this episode that it's just it kind of starts getting to the point where it's like, all right, uh I'll give you one more lock. I'll go Lucas Giolito to the Giants. Giants. Okay. I uh, I thought about it, and uh, you know we we, we talked a lot. I feel like we've talked about the White Sox for like fifty percent of this episode. But uh, after thinking about it for for a little, little bit, I'll I'll go Giolito to the to the Giants. Okay, I like it. So I will start off with a guy going to the Yankees as well, but I don't think it's going to be Candelario. I mentioned. In between one of my tangents, I like Candelario to the Phillies. That would be fun, terrifying, because I feel like, I don't know, everything about the Phillies terrifies me since that fateful day in the fall of 2022 when they beat the Padres. Whatever, not not the point. I think Randall Grichik will be moved to the Yankees. There's just been so much buzz about it. He's had, you know, a, a solid year so far in Colorado. Nothing you know, otherworldly, but he's batting 300, has an OPS above 800. Is there the Coors effect to it? Sure. But he's not going to cost a ton. He's not necessarily someone that 
is in super high demand, I believe. I think check. I'll check this after I say. I think there might be a control for this year and next. I'm not 100% certain, but I believe you'd be getting a year and a half. They need some outfield help. I think it's definitely worth a shot on Grudzik, who's having really a, a fantastic season by the standards of what he's been doing the last couple of years. Struggled last year in Colorado. Um, struggled towards the back of his Toronto tenure. I think the Yankees make a lot of sense. And rental. then, yeah. is he, He's just a rental? Yeah. Okay. I don't know why I thought that. And then next guy, let's keep on talking about the Rockies. Why not? Have we we haven't really talked. I guess I talked about Justin Lawrence. I've talked about the Rockies. <laughs> I think that Daniel Bard is going to be traded. I think Daniel Bard definitely should be traded. He has been good. You know, he he has really had that resurgence. His 2021 was bad, but he last year he was spectacular. This year, he's been good when he's been pitching. He's thrown 34 innings in ERA at uh, 2.08. He's figured it out. He's pitching well at cores. Granted, he he has a little bit of a walks issue. That's definitely the one thing. He's still worth a move. And I think if there's anyone, just that little tweak to be made and someone that actually could definitely use some, some help, it's the Rays. I like Daniel Bard to the Rays. Bard won't be free yet because I believe I, I'm pretty certain he's a year and a half. Uh, but the thing with Bard is he'll still fetch some sort of return. The Rays are deep in capital that they can give up someone of value to the Rockies, but that won't cripple their their system. That's the awesome thing about the Rays is they, similarly to the Orioles, maybe not as much as the Orioles, could trade for almost any player in the league. So I, I think Bard to the Rays would be awesome. I know most of the time they're able to dumpster dive for relievers. I think Bard is just a really good fit and would definitely lengthen that bullpen in Tampa Bay. And then my last one is another reliever. The we you know for the fact that the Mets can be talked about a lot. I mean I guess we we went over the Mets a little bit. But the Mets there's just like I guess maybe because trade deadline, it's not that they have that many incredible pieces to move. But, like, how can you talk about 2023 baseball and not talk about the Mets? Whatever. Separate tangent. That's just my my long-lasting Mets fandom taking over. I think David Robertson's going to be moved, and I think that's regardless of if they choose to move other names, if for some reason they try to, if they buy some guys. Robertson, reliever, that's going to be a free agent after the year. He's been pretty solid. ERA at 2.13. He's been serving primarily as the closer there. And I think he will fit in very well as a Los Angeles Dodger. The Dodgers have not had the best bullpen. It's gotten a little better since the beginning of the year. But they're they're going to go out. They're going to get a reliever. Robertson, one-year rental, not going to do much in terms of, you know, forking over a lot. If you're the Mets, you might as well buy a lottery ticket on him. Granted, he is um, up there in age. I believe he's 38, so it's not like you're... They got Ben Brown. Uh, The Cubs got Ben Brown over Robertson last year. You cut out. Say that again? (laughs) Um, the, The Cubs got Ben Brown last year for David Robertson. Yeah, so I mean, it's I I see little reason for them to hold on to him. I think the Dodgers. It makes a ton of sense. They they've done that before. They've taken on those 
you know, half a year, guys. They're, they want to compete. They're going to have to upgrade that bullpen. It just, it it just makes too much sense. So those are my those are my three predictions that I'm calling. Grichik to the Yankees, Bard to the Rays, Robertson to the Dodgers. Granted, I mean, I, I mentioned the big names of where I think they'll go, but those are, are not canon unless they're right. Official ones, Grichik, Bard, Robertson. So that's all of the scheduled content. Is there anything else to go over? Any names that we missed? Uh, I just think uh, I mean, there's not a, anything to go over. I just think it'll be interesting to see how the how the dominoes fall. Who will be the team that unlocks the market? Um, and I think it that from from multiple ways. Like, what if Preller on Monday buys a player? You know. And, and then it's like, okay, the Padres have made their stance very clear. I just, it'll be interesting to see how it unfolds. It doesn't feel like there's going to be a lot of names moved. But the fact that a lot of the, like the majority of the players available, which most years they are, but, but this year it feels like especially every single person that's going to be traded as a rental. I think we could see some ridiculous prices for rentals this year. And it's, that could uh... make for an interesting headline. It's a huge seller's market because, I mean, let's, let's think to ourselves, the Oakland Athletics don't own anything of substance really, but they're for all intents and purposes in the seller's market. The Kansas city Royals, definite sellers. Um, don't own anything. Wait, what'd you say? The Royals. Wait, you're you're cutting Stop out on my end. Anything? <laughs> Say that again. It's I don't. Can you hear me? Yeah, I think it's on my end, but continue. Uh, the Royals just—they don't really have anything to sell. <laughs> Barlow, I mean, again, but whatever. They're—they're they're not in any sort of race other than that. You know, several. White Sox will probably end up moving, guys. Sure, them. But then the rest of the American League, should the Tigers sell? Probably. But they're in a weak division where it's like, maybe not. Maybe they'll they'll kind of hold around. All of the AL East is in contending, one through four, and the AL West is interested. And the National League, I mean, the, the Nats, the Nats will be moving. I'd imagine the Pirates are going to move a little bit, Cardinals. But they're just more often than not, there are not... There are a lot more teams that feel like they have a chance than most years. Because even with, I mean, you the big thing is you look at a team like the Reds, a team like the Diamondbacks, the you know Marlins playing well. That those are teams that most of the time are involved in the trade. At least as the last couple of years have been involved in the trade market in terms of being sellers. So with all of these teams trying to buy, I'm not an economics major, but if there is high demand the supply is going to be greater valued economics. So I def, definitely, I mean, it's just the way that the market is trending overall. I think with these deadlines, with trades, I think it's definitely just becoming more of a seller's market with that. There are so many teams that are going to have opportunities to win, feel like they can win with the new extra wildcard format. But I don't know. I'm I'm very excited. I I talked a lot about Rockies, and I could stop talking about Rockies, but I won't. CJ Crone is someone that I think will get moved. I think CJ Crone is a very good player. He absolutely rakes against lefties. 
might not. He's he struggled with injuries. He's not a huge needle mover, but I think he'll some team will be be interested in him. He'll be a free agent after the year. I think the Rockies again have little reason to hold on to him. And they could move I wouldn't bank on it, but they could move all star game MVP Elias Diaz. There's some, you know, there's some control on him. There's always a premium value on catchers. Uh, Colorado has one of their top prospects as a catcher, Drew Romo. I don't, I don't love that though. I, I think Crone will be moved, and that will end my, my Rockies tangent. <laughs> you have anything else to add before we call it? Not really. I, I don't, I don't think we covered everything. Think that's impossible, but I think yeah, we did I mean, enough. I think we did enough, and let's see how many. I want to look this up. How many trades were made at the twenty-two deadline? Twenty-two MLB trade deadline. Granted, this isn't going to be perfect. I just want to get a gauge. My computer is very loud right now, moving very slow, and the reason that. You are cutting out sometimes. I just wonder. I wonder who's going to deal with the uh, with the Phillies. Uh, like I wonder who uh, is going to get a, a nice piece uh, from Dombrowski. It'll be interesting. Yeah. Um, I can't see one of like the wheat of like several days in front. I can only do literally on the deadline day, but thirty-one on the day of. That's that's not a small amount. So it'll be interesting to see. Fun to see. Noah, do you have any shameless plugs or shout-outs before I, I get into my spiel? I'm a humble man. I'm good. Fair enough. Check out the blog, the redshirt.blog or the redshirt.wixsite backslash home. That's where you're going to see, obviously, all of my writing. You're listening to the podcast right now. I'm in a little bit of a podcast era, but the writing will be there. Don't worry. For updates on both the podcast and the writing, go to our Instagram at the.redshirt. Posting awesome graphics there when new blogs, new podcasts come up. Same with the Twitter at the Red Shirt Blog. Try to, you know, I try to be active on it. I I could be better about it. I should hire Noah's a big Twitter guy. Perhaps I'll get him to run our Twitter account. Um, with all that being said, you know, though those are the places you can find me. This was the MLB trade deadline video 2023. Uh, if you were wondering, I didn't really want to record this episode because the thought of the trade deadline and any sort of trades, mostly just anything in baseball has scared me for the last little bit because the Padres have been so pathetic, but I rallied. Noah convinced me here we are. Uh, and, and I guess you've already listened through it. So you, hopefully you couldn't tell my, my timidness as we were going through it. That's enough. I've rambled on a lot of this episode. Thank you guys so much for listening to this episode of the Retro podcast. We'll see you guys next time.